Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What is going on, everybody? We are back after a bit of a, a break from being live, just from trips and everything going on. Uh, but we're back. Welcome to the Underground. It is Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 336. KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. Got a Sixers pregame show to get into. Also, the Phillies playing in Hollywood. And uh, just some crazy stuff that's come across the internet, as we always talk about. But before we get started... Show would not be possible without our awesome sponsors. Main Auto LLC, Douche Arms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, our friends over at Tomahawk Shades. Summertime is here. It's in full swing. World's starting to get back to being a little bit normal. So when you're outside, you got to protect those eyes. So you got to get the Tomahawk Shades to complete the summertime fit. They got the sunglasses. You guys know I'm rocking the blue light glasses anytime I'm staring at a screen. Go to TomahawkShades.com. Fill up your cart. They got the small batch collective that they just dropped. Their second drop of limited edition sunglasses. 20 pairs. Once they're gone, they're gone. And on those bad boys, you can use our promo code at checkout. Promo code USP gets you 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. That's 25% off at TomahawkShades.com with promo code USP. And like I said, summertime is here. It's the summer of Stateside. And our friends at Stateside Vodka, drop the vodka sodas on your heads. The reviews are in, and they are legit. Everybody that I know that has had the Stateside Vodka sodas are raving about them. They are flying off their digital shelves on their website. So go to StatesideVodka.com, get the vodka sodas, get the handles of vodka, everything in between that they have to offer at statesidevodka.com and uh, on the one liter bottles you can use our promo code USP to get 10% off of those bad boys at checkout and of course you must be 21 or older to purchase and as always please drink responsibly and of course our newest sponsor on the network our friends at Kenwood Beer go to kenwoodbeer.com they got the limited edition grab a Kenny Wilt Chamberlain shirts on sale Matt and I just got ours in the mail today they are nice looking shirts so go grab the limited edition, once they're gone, they're gone. And uh, you can also use the Kenny tracker at KenwoodBeer.com to see who has Kenwood on tap and figure out where you can grab a Kenny to watch Sixers play tonight, tipping off in 20 minutes or so. So go grab a Kenny, watch the Sixers with our friends at Kenwood Beer, and of course, must be 21 or older to enjoy, and please drink responsibly. What's going on, Matt? I am living the dream. We, Teetering uh, on the edge of a nightmare. <laughs> we have uh, a very important Sixers game five that Joel Embiid will start tonight at the Wells Fargo Center uh, after a very disappointing and kind of a letdown in game four. You know, you used really nice, nice adjectives <laughs> there. I would say uh, crushing. Yes. Um, that was That was one of the toughest losses to take, I think, of the entire season, actually, just because of what it meant. 
and that was the worst half of basketball I've ever seen Joel Embiid play. Um, Probably since the zero point Raptors game. Right, right. I was actually looking. I was looking through Basketball Reference today to just see like they have the the game score number. They don't do it for playoffs, unfortunately, or at least I couldn't find it. But come on, um, Basketball Reference. But they might. I don't want to slander them. Maybe I'm just uh, illiterate. But uh, yeah, <laughs> like I was looking at some of the other like Pretty lowest rough. game score nights of his career. I was like, yeah, that was pretty rough too. It, it's just um, I've never seen him settle as much as he did uh he just he looked completely off and I was actually really worried because he had taken a fall in the first half and that was like kind of the lead-in into that um so I was really worried that he had like re-injured I guess if he's starting tonight he's feeling good and that's the nature of this injury too that's why he was described as day-to-day because every day can be a little bit different you know he said that it's all about pain management at this point he was very clearly in discomfort Mm mm-hmm um, and it was not his normal self. I mean, he he blew a wide open layup. You yeah. know, like every way you look at it, that game was uh, a very very tough loss to take because now you're in a best two out of three series. You had the chance to close it out tonight, get yourself some early rest at home, at home, and that's just that's rough now. But you know, I, I'm still very confident in this team that they can win because it's this is three straight games now where you had a big lead on this Hawks team. Uh, you know, two straight games where you essentially kind of blew them out and. Uh, you felt really comfortable, and even that game the other night, game four, you're you're up by 18. You know, like that that should have been a win. I, I really feel like the team let it uh, let it get away from themselves. And one thing that was really confusing to me too was Seth Curry just not getting time down the stretch. He, I thought he was our best player in a lot of ways, simply because anytime it felt like the Hawks were getting a little bit of momentum, he was a lot of times just isoing mm-hmm. and and just getting what he wanted and and playing very well and. We didn't see him like down the stretch at all, which I thought was bizarre. I know that Shake came in and won us a game already this series, but I felt like go with the hot hand, and I, I would have loved to see Seth get a little more time, but it's the way it goes, I guess. Uh, you have a lot of mouths to feed. I, I do wish we would kind of trim the playoff rotation a little bit. Just a tad. <laughs> you know, we don't want to – I get that we have guys to worry about, but we're not really a 10-man deep kind of team. We're not that good. <laughs> uh, we could definitely trim that up a bit, so – uh, that was frustrating, and it, it really felt like really, we really it really felt like we lost that game, like we lost the the win. You know, like it really felt like we gave that away rather than um, you know game one where we just kind of got our doors blown off. It really felt like we should have won that game and uh, been in, in a closeout kind of moment tonight. But you win tonight, you just got to get one out of two, and that's that's such a I know it's that's just simple math, of course, but it just that would mean the world of difference, honestly, to have that kind of comfort. Um, and listen, you're at home and beats playing. You have to assume that he's feeling good. You just got to let the team do what they do. You know, we've, we've talked so much, especially this year and last year about how good they are at home. This is the time to just put your trust in that, (laughs) that it, that it matters. This is why you play for the one seed. Were I, that ending shot of game four, when shake was wide open and just dished it to Seth for like a desperation shot. If, if you have to take, I tweeted it. Yeah. I was so like my mouth was wide open. I was like, why did Shake not take that I, shot? I think I think he wanted to. I think the play was for Seth, and I think he was like, it looked did, like he panicked. I think he did not expect to be as wide open, and I think he had the same thought you did. Like I am wide open, I should be taking this shot, but I think was just trying to follow what the play had been drawn up for. 
Um, and I think I think Doc did really good with with drawing up plays at the end. Again, you don't get a better look than you got Embiid. And you like listen, even though Embiid was struggling, and he wasn't the hot hand on that night. There's nothing wrong with getting your MVP level mm-hmm. big man uh, a layup to 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 win you the game. You know, like there's nothing wrong with drawing that play up. And I thought it was well done. I, I thought even the last play was uh, drawn up well. Yeah, I think Shake just kind of. Like you said, I think he panicked a little bit. I think he short-circuited a little bit because I don't think he expected to be open. And I think he had some indecision between I'm clearly wide open, but this is not supposed to be my shot. And Seth was playing. So, yeah, I think I think it was frustrating. But they shouldn't have been in that position Correct. either way. When you when you have an 18-point lead, even though this Hawks team is dangerous, and we've seen that time and time again, and they, listen, all credit to them because they like have shown like absolutely like no quit in them for being a young team. Absolutely, and that's sometimes what you get from young teams is they have absolutely like no fear of the moment. They have no stakes. They have nothing yeah. to lose here. Like this is essentially house money. So, you know, credit to them in the way that they've played. But, you know, you blew an 18 point lead. You shouldn't be having to, you know, hit a three to tie it to send it to overtime in a situation like that. This game really should not have been that close. Nope. Couldn't hit a shot for like five straight minutes in the fourth. That was a brutal stretch. Couldn't hit it for like all the first either. That right. first quarter was disgusting. First quarter, for both teams though. I think we got yeah. a little lucky that the Hawks were as just kind of inefficient as they were. I think they were like something on guy like three for fifteen from inside the paint. It looked that. like they were using a super ball. <laughs> and I mean, we were also playing great defense too. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't simply they were just missing shots. Like again, and that's been the theme of the last three games, which is why I feel still really comfortable about this series. It hasn't doesn't feel like it's gotten away from us or like we've been figured out. I think so much of that loss was due to just Embiid going over 12 in the second. Like, listen, there's a chance, of course, that Embiid gets hurt and we don't have him at all. But, you know, right now we have to assume that he's healthy and playing. He's If he's healthy and, and at least 80% of his normal self, he's not going over 12 and a half again. Right. He just isn't. Um, and that's that was just an aberration, but... Yeah, it, it was. It was. It's like I said. It was a very difficult loss to take, simply because you had the ability to just put an absolute stranglehold on this series, and now you've you've left the door open, and you don't want to do that with this Hawks team. You know, again, they've shown to be very frisky and a good team, and you, you kind of want to close them out as fast as you can. Is it bad that a majority of Sixers Twitter, and I've started to sort of buy into it too, that we're trusting a Corgi? Did you see this? Uh this TikTok video with this Corgi predicting the series? I have not. I, I think will, I saw a tweet uh, about it. Um, but there's always an animal or something that's predicting. I remember 2010, the World Cup, I think, there was an octopus that picked every single game correctly. Yeah. Um, do I think the Corgi has inside knowledge? No. I think the I'm corgi- curious if it's Adam Silver's Corgi. I will listen. Adam Silver's Corgi would definitely not be having a good time with way all the NBA news today. I think. Uh, there we go. Here is a Sixers Hawks Corgi. Okay, the Corgi is predicting game one. Oh, okay. So it's a kind of got uh, game two. This, you tell you what, you can get this Corgi on the team. That'd be pretty nice. It's got good range. And Corgi has the Sixers winning game five and game six. Sixers and six. How right has this Corgi been? Amongst other series, I'm not a hundred percent sure. All right, but well. this is the first knowledge of the corgi <laughs> that I've seen. Listen, I will love this dog if it, if it's true. If not, you know, I hate this dog for the rest <laughs> of my life. And corgis are the dumbest breed ever. <laughs> that's that's how I go. Um, so I I don't have 
I don't I don't believe in that stuff. Obviously, <laughs> it has absolutely no bearing. But yeah, Sixers and six would be nice. That'd be really nice. Actually, I would take that for sure. I think the the Sixers have to win tonight, especially this is for, as must win as it gets. And there's even higher stakes because I don't know if you saw the OG Gibbs hashtag raise the cat. Yes. Cat. The, Unfortunately, the stakes have been raised. Uh, is coming to a, an end with the battle with cancer, and yeah. this is going to be the final Sixers game that Izzy, the uh, hashtag raise the cat OG, is going to be able to watch. I know that's that was very upsetting because uh, raise the cat. I, it's funny. I was just uh, in Punta Cana for my brother's wedding, which we few, will get into. <laughs> and there's a few people there that like you know don't obviously aren't Sixers fans and stuff and we were talking about like the process years because we played the, the song mm-hmm. and people hadn't heard it and I was explaining that they brought it back because they're like we need to get people engaged somehow and I brought up the raise the cat thing I was like yeah there's this whole thing because we want we would win like 10 games a year um so you know you had to celebrate somehow and yeah the the like kind of organic nature of raise the cat and how much fun that was um and damn that sucks I you know you it's really hard losing a pet, so I, I I feel the loss. We all will. So yeah, do it for Izzy. If if not for the check bonus, if not for you know being able to advance in the playoffs, do it for for one more raise the cat. One for, more for, for Izzy. Izzy's here. They uh, deserve it. So shout out to Gip. Uh, we're thinking about you, brother. Absolutely. And uh... sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams. Go to work, and with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week, and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, this game, you're, you got a packed Wells Fargo Center. You, you have to come out, like Dwight Howard said in his media presser today, and like, be ready. Like everybody yeah. has to be locked in for this game. It can't be any like lackadaisical kind of just like going in it like 50% and then trying to claw your way back in the second half, which we've seen in game one. We saw it in game four. You have to be foot on the gas pedal from start to finish and like let this Hawks team know that like it's cute that you've won two games, but like we're going to finish this series out in six. I mean, that's that's the way game four started as well, though. We started yep. out very well. I think we had like. A ten or twelve point lead at I think a point. It was sixty two to forty nine at one yeah. point. Yeah, like we we started out well in the game. Again, the second half is where things just really, especially that third quarter, things fell off. And um, yeah, that's that's going to be the biggest thing is consistency. Again, you you're, you're going to have obviously like a pretty packed Wells Fargo Center tonight, which definitely helps uh, in terms of just the energy. You know, you're not playing on the road, and yeah. So I I, I think for us, it's just about like you said keeping your, your foot on the gas. And I think, a lot, again, a lot of that is going to have to do with Embiid's health tonight and how he looks and how he plays. Um, one very frustrating thing, and again, you know, it was most likely because of his knee pain, but there's just there was just way too much, like, settling for, like, just mm-hmm. bad step backs. He has owned Clint Capella this series. Yes. Uh, and that's not even like Clint Capella's a bad player, but he is just completely dominated. And he was 
Capella was talking before this game saying that Embiid was whatever. You have to wear him out and all this dumb nonsense. And it's like, brother, he's averaging like 36, 12, and <laughs> 8 against you. Like, I'm not sure that you've really slowed him down. Like, let's relax. Like, you've been played off the court at times. Like, John Collins is taking your minutes. Like, yeah. let's chill out <laughs> before you start talking uh, absolutely crazy. But, yeah, you know, but... I, I, it's weird. I've like grown in admiration for this Hawks team because I kind of like the like mm-hmm. I kind of like that they're assholes. I kind of like that Bogdanovich is like they're throwing up the shush and uh. like he, like he's the kind of guy that you hate on other yes. teams, but you would like de- like we would love, love Bogdan. Like he would be an instant star yes. in Philadelphia. He would be. He'd be one of our favorites. He'd be for like sure. Dario on crack. Absolutely, yeah, because that, that's what he is. Yeah, <laughs> he is. Um, he's just like uh, evil Dario, truly. But <laughs> yeah, so I, I've grown in admiration for them. Not really Trey Young, because I, I hate the like the leg kickout stuff. That that stuff just and, and the the complaining from Trey Young has been. Did you see when he got which? One of the latest whistles I've ever seen in my life. It was late in the game where he drove and and B gets called for the foul and um. Uh, Trey Young like is like holding his head, and he peeks his his head out to see if the ref is seeing him holding his face, and he peeks it back in when he sees the ref going to make the call. I was like, come on! Man. I also like, love how you already he, like, got the call. Like you don't need to like <clears throat> you don't need to milk it more. And like he he goes and, and, and of like the commentators are like, oh, this should be a flagrant. It's like Jesus Christ! You I have was got to be into them kidding. Too. Oh my did God. It, did it not seem like? the the broadcast on TNT it was like a Hawks home game they love the thing is is they love the underdog right so you get it and like the Hawks are the fun story like they got they have Trey Young a guy we haven't seen in the playoffs before I haven't seen these moments the Hawks have like had a rough few years now they have like this really fun kind of team the crowd is getting into it. I can't blame them for getting a little carried away, but yeah, it was like, all right, let's relax. I was like, let's come because you are supposed to be a non-biased. You know, this is how people yeah. get upset. This is how you get the memes about like Chris Collinsworth and Troy Aikman hating teams <laughs> and Joe Buck, right? Like, because it's like at the end of the day, you got to try and stay neutral. But you would have thought John Collins broke like an NBA. Also, record you know, on think of, think of it in this way though. It's an underdog team that made an 18-point comeback against the number one yeah. seed. You know, like, at the end of the day, like, you're kind of doing a disservice if you're not hyping that up. You know, so it's obviously as Sixers fans, it's annoying. <laughs> and I think we have the right to complain. But also, if we were in the Hawks' shoes, we would feel aggrieved that there was, like, no energy about the way that they came back. Because they did. They came mm-hmm. back. They won the game to force, you know, now a longer series. And they'll have another home game at least. So, um, you know, credit to them. But... I just hope that uh, Game Six is it. <laughs> I, I just need it and to that be done. there's really, hopefully from this point on, no like plucky underdog stories. Uh, that would be nice. <laughs> Does Nate McMillan just always look angry to you? Whenever it's, they pan to him, it's his brow. Yeah, his brow is like a little low, so he kind of always looks like he's like he's got analyzing like a, the situation. He's got like a Thanos stare. Yeah, he definitely does. <laughs> um, it's it's strange. Nate McMillan has always had this like very strange, like up and down kind of. Um, kind of like stature like people mm-hmm. people think of him as like at times really good coach really bad he's gotten like a lot of i think hate for like how a lot of those pacers series went and i think part of that was unfair to him because some of the talent on those teams were not like really really talented teams right. you know they, they were definitely playing above their level um and i think one thing that i do find annoying though is like everyone's talking about like oh they're 27 11 since nate mcmillan took over it's like 
conveniently leaving out that that's when like Bogdanovich came back. Like that's right. when like that they, they, everyone got healthy and that they did that on purpose because they didn't really want Lloyd Pierce anymore and they wanted to fire him then before everyone came back so that there couldn't be some kind of case made for him. Um, you know, Lloyd Pierce kind of got a raw into the deal and that he had to <laughs> like coach a team that had like half its starters missing for the first like month and a half of the season. So now Nate McMillan gets, he deserves credit. I think he's done well, but I am super tired of seeing the 27 11 stat yeah. because listen 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 it's there's some context that is missing 1000 percent. and i mean i don't know if you've seen it as much but some of these hawks fans on twitter listen good grief atlanta fans don't have much okay <laughs> like they they you know and i i get it it's tough Ooh. you know just just because they're filming movies there now doesn't mean that you're the new Hollywood. Like you are not you don't get that status just because like you get a this was filmed in Georgia stamp at yeah. the bottom of Baby Driver. Like it's it's <laughs> just because Marvel's listen, in, in Atlanta's Georgia. A, Atlanta's a great place, so I've heard. Uh <laughs> been there. Very nice place. I think I've flown over Atlanta and it looked fine from <laughs> from thirty thousand feet away. But it's you know, it's just what are you gonna do? There's annoying fans no matter where you look. At the end of the day, um, I, I think it's been a pretty fun series overall. There hasn't been like anything egregious. Like there hasn't been anything to, like really actually get you angry. Um, I think it's I think it's all honestly just been a lot of like good fun in a way. And, Outside of one guy, I'm not going to give him publicity because I can't even remember his Twitter handle. But talking about how he is on this tirade that Embiid's truly not injured. I have seen that that he thinks that Embiid is like faking his injury. Yeah. It's like it's uh, like to build. He said he's faking his injury to clear his name of being injury prone makes no sense i was like that makes zero sense pal. when you have galaxy brain too far <laughs> you've just instead makes, i don't know you've lost I, your way a little bit if that's your take and vita's injured <laughs> and it's it's okay that <laughs> is the one that. guy that i've just been like yeah what are we doing here they're, they're, you know there's always one there is always one on twitter you can find the crazy if you look hard enough it's not hard who do you want to step up tonight because it seems like there's always been like throughout this series it's been one guy that's been like you know this is their game whose game is game five i mean is it a cop out to say Embiid? because <laughs> um <laughs> i i would really like to see i'd really love to see like another like strong seth game because again i think he's the guy that kept us mm-hmm. pretty much afloat for as long as he could um if shake could come on and have like another heater that'd be great i would certainly love that uh, if the corpse of George Hill would consider maybe giving us a, a would good you rather see Tyrese Maxey come in over George Hill right now? Uh, yes and no. I think I like some of the energy that Tyrese gives you, and he has I think the ability to kind of if he makes a big play, it feels much more of a swing play than what George gives you. But I think George Hill gives you like better experience and better decision making he just hasn't been very good i test wise it seems like he's just been like a non-factor maxi feels like high ceiling yeah. type of play uh which maybe isn't what you're looking for in game five but if you're asking me which who who is more likely to provide a spark i think it's maxi mm-hmm. but um yeah I, I think it's interesting that we're at you know that's the level that we're at you know not that I'm not trying to slander George Hill. It just right. it just hasn't been great his series for him, and uh, you kind of you kind of want him to be a little better, a little more aggressive. Um, but yeah, I mean, this has to be Embiid's night. Hopefully, again, he's feeling good and feeling fine because it's it's a totally different game if he's scoring twenty eight and up, and he's efficient. Uh, that's that's where this this will change. And he loves playing at home. 
Absolutely. Yeah, and you, again, look at the, the home record of this team over the last two years. It's it's night and day. Uh, this is clearly a team that loves playing at home. A lot of that energy from that uh, comeback comes from being at home. I don't think it's very hard to go on the road and, and pull some kind of comeback mm-hmm. like that. So you just have to trust that everyone's good to go, everyone's feeling healthy, everyone's feeling fine, and that the home crowd will, will get you home. And listen, if you can close it out in six, that would be fantastic. Uh, but this Hawks team, they've shown they have no quit in them whatsoever. This is not the Wizards. Right. You know, where you, they kind of started to roll over there, and some of them start to see, like, oh, vacation time. I can golf. I can relax. Scott Brooks is gone. Scott, maybe if we lose, Scott Brooks is gone. Um, this is not that Hawks team, for sure. Like, they – and, again, they have nothing to lose. And, listen, with the way everyone's getting injured, the Hawks could certainly convince themselves that all they have to do is just get through here, and who knows? You know, like, mm-hmm. it, it, it feels like – anyone's year at the moment so um you, you have to win tonight though tonight is an absolute must win i i don't remember the exact percentage i think to win three two uh to go up three two it's, it's like 82 percent right yeah like that's just that's big time numbers that's almost every although time. we have seen it already this year uh that get flipped yeah. with the clippers <laughs> and math so hopefully you know <laughs> at least it's it, it if it happened once, it can't happen twice. But right. That's just the way. That's the way numbers work. Sorry, that's just the way they work. Sorry. Uh, I was watching Pat McAfee's show today, and Shams was on there talking about the Scott Brooks thing, and first name he brought up saying as a potential candidate was Sam Cassell. I would be sad if Sam left because I feel like he's been problems. such a, a pivotal part of this coaching staff. Um, but it's kind of cool to see Sam Cassell get mentioned in that head coaching conversation. So it's it's the suffering from success type of thing you yep. know like you're always going to lose assistant coaches and stuff and um you know it's more prominent in like nfl right because there's so many more coaches so many more spots but yeah i mean good for him though if if he's able to go on and to be a head coach that's amazing uh you you don't get a chance like that so i certainly wouldn't hold it against him for taking the shot if he does but I would but if you want to stay sam listen sam if you'd love to say i'd we'd love to have you <laughs> but yeah good, good luck to him if, if he does take that job because is a doozy, um, but yeah. you know, good luck to anyone going after a job like that because you know I think uh, it's it's not easy. It's not easy to be one of thirty. Right, <laughs> it's not. Uh, what did you make of the All NBA team voting? Because it caused a shitstorm on Twitter. Um, I didn't really have anything wrong with it. You know, like it's it sucks. the 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 NBA All NBA voting is still kind of archaic in that you're still slightly limited by position. So it's always going to be tough. And if you listen to any, there's a few people that have um, votes that also do podcasts and they typically do like, uh, Hey, here's my all NBA team. And, you know, they talk about on the show and pretty much every one of them has said, this is the hardest year they've ever had to do. And Mm -hmm. a lot of that has to do with the fact that so many guys played like 50 games this year right you know and it's just it's tough you know because at what point do you make the cutoff for well this guy only played 47 this guy played 55 but this guy's 55 was better you know like it's tough i i wouldn't want to be the person making that cut and it's even more difficult because you you know that people's contracts are tied to these kind of awards voting so that's difficult too but i don't i don't get too burnt up about like guys being on one two or three like i think at the end of the day if you're on one of the teams, we know that you're one of the best players mm-hmm. in the league at that play. You know, like it's just, that's just the way it is for me. Um, obviously, it'd be better, you know, if you want to be first team or, or whatever, but 
it's just the way it is. And again, with the position stuff, it makes it very difficult yeah. uh, to. Do you think to, they should go positionless? I think so because that's the way the NBA is played now. Yeah. You know, like no one's really a small forward anymore. Like they're not just a small. You know, like everyone has like if you watch the way people play, the way people guard, no one's just guarding. Mm-hmm the shooting guard now you know like everyone's switching everyone's moving so so much now that and the, the skill set is so much better than it's ever been you know like Joel Embiid is the example Nikola Jokic is the example of guys that are like a huge man this tall should not be as skilled as they are but that's defensively just, Ben Simmons right you know like it's just that's that's just the way it is, you know, and um, yeah, so I, I think positionless is probably the way, but there'd probably be issues with positionless too, mm-hmm. you know, like the, there'd still be people saying, well, he's better because then you're trying to compare centers to guards and there's obviously, I think it's always going to be difficult. I don't think there's ever going to be one way to fix it. Even if you added a fourth all-NBA team, you'd still have issues. <laughs> We all know the traditional Big Four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Kremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. there's always going to be something to complain about that's just the way it is you know you're you're never going to change that um but i do think positionless is probably the way forward simply because that's reflective of how the game is played now the game is not played so strict and, and orderly now and they have started to give some leeway in players getting like different position designations like but Embiid is somehow you're able to vote for him as a power forward uh to what <laughs> so you know that's just it, there's always going to be beef though no matter what you do Matisse Thibel though second team all defense average 20 minutes a game elite Listen, uh me and Kyle don't want to say we told you so <laughs> we might have told you so <laughs> but we definitely told you so a lot <laughs> oh man what a moment when I saw that he got named and we had three guys on the all defense team feels good it was great it feels i mean he's totally deserving of it too he's uh he's just the perfect wrecking ball <laughs> what what he does i think is is just fantastic and again even though he was an older rookie an older sophomore now um he still has like ways to improve and obviously one of those is shooting if this guy starts to add if he's just league average shooter and you can actually like play him like some more meaningful minutes watch out because that's that's big to have. I know that you know we're not ready for future talk yet because we're still in the active season. But if you're thinking about this, the Sixers team, you know, going forward, Tyrese Maxey, Thibel, whoever we get whoever we get out of the draft this year, I think there's there's a lot to be excited about. And I don't know if it's going way too over the top, but after he got named to the All Defense team, things were starting to come out and people putting some respect on. Matisse's name and I saw one article I forget where it was from but saying that if he can continue to develop he could be the next Kawhi Leonard defensively I mean he could I there's no doubt about it like he's already he's he's all he's on the second team all defense that's already like a huge you know like that's that's not easy to make and I think people are starting to recognize especially in the last few months I think like nationally 
he's been started to start. What's strange is usually with guys like Thibel, right? Like a younger guy kind of getting praise like this. It's usually starts with like the fans. Mm-hmm. There really wasn't buzz for him. It, it it was strange in that it did, you normally it kind of bubbles to the top, right? Like it starts with like the local media. It starts like a, really a, with tweets, deranged right. tweets. Then like local media kind of picks it up, and then it kind of reaches nationally. Whereas it felt like there was a lot of national like writers that saw that he was amazing on defense and started talking about him more and more. And it's now just kind of become you know a very common thing. Um, yeah, and I, I'm happy though that he's starting to get respect for what he does because you know. At the end of the day, we knew coming out of college that he was a very good defensive player. I did not expect him to be, you know, in his second year, <laughs> you know, uh, already on an all-defense team. But that's that's how good he, he is. And again, in my opinion, there's only room for growth with him, uh, which is fantastic when you think about. Because if he's if this is year two mm-hmm. for him, that's really good. What's think like of, year five look like? Think of think of Ben Simmons in year two defensively mm-hmm. and where he is. You know, like just just think of that. Think of the, he already has the instincts of like a, a an eight or nine year vet. You know, like that's things that you just genuinely can't even teach a player. Like he just knows. Like he's blocking Trey Young floaters. That just doesn't happen. Yeah. Like that's just an insanely hard shot in general to block. And then Trey Young himself, that's like one of his shots. <laughs> like, and he's just doing that. His timing is, is absolutely wonderful. So again, if he can round out other parts of his game, like this is he's he's gonna be a massive threat for this team. Yeah. And like you said, not like we tried to tell you so, but Listen. I'm very glad we have Matisse Thibault and not Kyle Lowry right now. They, they you know <laughs> I, I it would have been Maxi, you know, for yeah. for I, I think Thibel was a lot of conversation about um like getting out of Horford. Like there was a lot of mm-hmm. people saying like I'd give up Thibel to just get off Horford's contract. Thankfully we didn't need to do that. Um and then Thibel was like a throw in in the James Harden deal, which I would do, but you know Totally different. Oh you, you are too. yeah, you are talking like one is Thibault is just like a sweetener and a deal to get off a contract. One is, hey, we want to get the best playmaker in basketball. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it's completely a, different. A world. franchise altering move. Right, right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it, ultimately, though, he's on this team still. And, you know, it seems like he's going to be for a while. too. Yeah. And I mean, if, if not, listen, value's going up, baby. <laughs> so <Price> it's, <laughs> he's certainly more value. If you're just thinking cold hearted and analytically and uh, you, you just want to be a psycho and just say, well, <laughs> Listen, at the end of the day, his value's only gone up now. And that's, you know, hey, as we'll take it. friend of the program, our boy Zoe would say, price just went up. Yeah, price did just go up. Um, Phillies are out in Hollywood and just losing gut-wrenching games after a, a pretty nice stretch of, you know, winning series and beating teams that you, on paper, expect them to beat. But it's been one of those seasons so far that you can't expect it, but... They did. They swept the Yankees, and the offense looked great. And now they go out to L.A. to play the Dodgers, and guys are getting hurt. Gene Segura was just placed on the injured list. Bryce Harper is day-to-day. Um, but we do have a very fun pitching matchup tonight. Zach Wheeler versus Clayton Kershaw, and it's kind of nice to have the better pitcher in this matchup. Um, especially if it's like October weather. You definitely know. <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you get a cool breeze going through L.A. Not that like that happens. Um, I think that sentence that you let in with has been the sentence for the Phillies for, I don't know, uh, ever now, (laughs) you know, they were on a good run and they're beating some teams and really felt like they were turning a page. 
Listen. The the mood did seem to alter. Oh my! A bit. But we've done this so much. We've we done, have. Listen, I've done the bamboo Brad thing. I've done it. I've been here. I've been here for all the turns. I've been here for the Bryce Harper grand slam that's going to save our season. I've been here for all of it, and it never changed. <laughs> <laughs> um, last year was our best opportunity to make the playoffs in the last seven years. Uh, it might have been our best chance to make the playoffs for the next seven years. <laughs> so. That's a tough look for us. Uh, it's difficult because you're in June and you're already drifting away from the pack, and it's kind of no rope in sight for you to pull yourself back in. And the injuries mount up now. I, it's frustrating with this Phillies team because, like you said, you feel like they're getting on a roll. You feel like things are changing. You have a good series against the Yankees. Everyone loves beating the Yankees. And then what? You go. You, I mean, you're playing the Dodgers, admittedly. You know, very, very good And granted, team, the games have been close, champions. but it's like games that they could have easily won. Like one stupid mistake happens and boom, there and goes you know the what? Game. Good teams don't lose that way. Playoff teams don't even lose That's that way. Great point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, all, all the times that we say the Phillies, if they had just do this, it's like, well, good teams don't do that. Yep. And the Phillies are just not a good team. So we have to... to Lay them to rest. They're like the cicadas. Maybe they'll be back. Who knows? They got to go burrow themselves, shed some skin. They, uh, Phillies are changing things up too with their road uniforms on this road trip. They're wearing the red jerseys for a couple of games. Um, and I was absolutely cracking up, and I'm sure you will get a kick out of this because Justin Clue from, uh, the Good Fight podcast does things for fan graphs and baseball perspective and stuff like that. He tweeted, um, his version of the alternate jerseys that he would like to see the Phillies wear. And <laughs> it says, instead of a team name on the front, a message to the owner, instead of a name and number on the back, some original artwork I drew for Liz Rocher's birthday of the original fanatic taking back what's his. <laughs> for anyone uh, just listening, it says, uh, we know you can afford to go over the luxury tax, John. And uh, the other one is the original fanatic. original fanatic holding a smoking gun in the body of the new fanatic just off uh, off screen. That is wonderful, and I would buy one. <laughs> I mean, we do know you have the, the money to go over the luxury tax, John, so why don't you? And the money to Stadium's full, can't complain. Bring the original fanatic back. Stadium's full, can't complain. Not at all. You got the revenue back. Everyone's buying crab fries again. It has been weird seeing Citizens Bank Park full again. It's been strange seeing, uh, like, even basketball stadiums just yeah. completely full. It's gonna take me a while to get over <laughs> to get over large crowds in public spaces again. It's, it's kind of mind blowing. The uh, Phillies, but it, so I know we've talked about this before, and I know they broke this streak. But I was looking through at the last like ten or so games. They have some aversion to winning five games in a row. They might have the record for most four game win streaks, but not anything more like the they love a good four game win streak and like to they they are abusive because mm-hmm. they love to reel you back and be like oh i'm gonna be better i'm gonna be, be i promise you i'm gonna be better i'm gonna go out to la i'm gonna come back i'm gonna have a deal I'm gonna find myself i'm gonna find myself in la and it's like instead he got beat up on the street and his wallet was <laughs> stolen for heroin like that's the way that the phillies have been treating us uh they're not coming back with a record deal in fact they're gonna come back and ask us for an advance on their rent because yeah. they're a little short on cash right now. Because L.A. was really tough. They're sleeping under Santa Monica Pier now. <laughs> no, they're they're back to sleeping under Ocean City Boardwalk. 
they're, Four more they're, games. They're, they're they're beating seagulls up over stealing fries on the boardwalk. <laughs> Four more games out west. One against the Dodgers tonight, like we said. And and we, then, then we uh, visit the boy. Then we visit the boy, Gabe Kapler, for four. The, or for uh, three, I'm sorry. Uh, best team in baseball, San Francisco Giants. Yeah, are they, are they still the best? Yep. 42 <laughs> and 25. I hate this timeline <laughs> that we're on, man, so much. <laughs> and then after that, we get a, a nice treat of uh, three, two against the Nationals and then four against the Cicadas. It's going to be a lot of fun when we uh, fire Joe Girardi. And oh he, yeah, he like goes to. I'm just trying to pick a fun team for him to end up on that'll all of a sudden be like really good. Uh, for him to like, I don't know, like Colorado. That's that's exactly what I was gonna say. He's gonna <laughs> go to the Rockies and like turn them around. They'll mash. I, the, I can't imagine Joe Girardi out. in Colorado though. He'll figure honest. out how to get. Pitchers no, he'll turn to the pitch Pirates around or something. <laughs> did you see the guy from the Pirates miss first base? I did. He hit a home run. I felt so terrible for him. <laughs> To get in the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I, you know, I feel like you, you gotta have some muscle memory you or do. something. <laughs> like it's. I don't know. I, I feel bad in the sense of like I don't like to see bad things happen to people, but it's also like you're a professional player. I feel like you know <laughs> if this happened in like high school, I'd be like, come on, you know, yeah. give it to him. But you're a professional player. You, you should know. Or Joe's gonna go to the Angels and figure out how to get Mike Trout in the playoffs. I would love that though. You know, <laughs> part of me, part of me would actually love that. So how how would drift are the Angels? Uh, they're. And drift away. <laughs> That's what happens when your best player gets hurt. And Give me the beat, boys. You're relying on the modern-day Babe Ruth to carry your team in a hey, loaded division. Listen, though. Those are only negative nine-run difference right hey. now. I don't know if you've heard. It's been a good month. Last time we... Phillies are like cryptocurrency, you know? Like, no one really gets what it is, and there's always one dude trying to explain it to you, and it makes no sense. Um, and then you look at it, and you're like... This makes even less sense now that it's been explained to me. Phil's to the moon. Allegedly. <laughs> I don't know which moon. They might be able to rake better Maybe it's like Titan. I don't know. I don't know what the gravity is like out there. Uh, I, I believe just... this. Marlins in last place in the East. A plus three run differential. That's absurd. That is absurd. <laughs> They're nine and a half games back. 29 and 39. But they have a plus three run differential. That's insane. Is that the only positive in the NL East? The Mets are probably the Mets are now. plus twenty one, which is still not crazy Great. for a, a division leading team. Granted, three quarters of their team are replaced with cicadas right now. Right, I mean they just have far and away one of the best uh, runs against. I think in the entire, yeah, they have two hundred six. The next closest is two twenty seven from the White Sox. So they are. But I do think they saw less games, uh, a few less yeah. games than other people. But still, you know, like that's – there you go. But they've only hit 227, which is – I mean, the Phils are at 275 on this That's season. higher than I thought for yeah. the Phillies. Well, <laughs> you'll be happy to know that's the uh, second highest in the division. There we Yay, go. Yeah, you know, right behind those Braves who just can't pitch. They're 10 games under 500 on the road, the Phillies. 
that's where the problem is. Yeah, I think we've keyed in on the. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about think, it. Hey, uh, John, <laughs> here's the problem. <laughs> if we could just put up a hologram of Citizens Bank Park, just maybe it's all a mental just thing. Bring the bell on the road with you and figure it out. Figure it out. But it's literally 2019, 2026 or so. They're Bell's great at home, horrible on the road. So who's the Horford? Ooh. Who's, 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 the, who's the guy that needs to move on? I mean, I have an answer that I don't think you're going to like. I think you like this guy a lot. Ooh, uh, I mean, would it be a cop out to say number thirty-seven? <laughs> well, that's or a, is that uh, more Terrence Ferguson? Yeah, yeah, that's that is definitely a Terrence Ferguson situation. Um, probably. I mean the the dead weight that they signed in the off season for the back of the rotation is equivalent. Those can definitely to, go. I think a Gene Segura. Really? We love our Gene, but what is Gene giving you, realistically? I mean, he, he is an all-star right now. I know, but Al Horford was also technically an all-star. Like, but not it, on the team. I know, but it just feels that way. It just feels like Gene isn't giving know. you anything right now. He's playing he, before he got hurt yesterday. We're not a good team, Kyle. I know we're not so a good players team. Players like Gene Segura don't matter when you're not a good team because all they're doing is just like, Giving you a life vest when you just need to sink to the bottom of the ocean. And I, I don't think, know. I think, listen, his value's never been higher. I think you just kind of, <laughs> think you just kind of sail off. I think you sail off, Gene. I don't know. I love Let's Gene, see. too. I'm not hating on him. I'm just saying, if you're talking about, you're talking about kind of blowing it up, and that means you got to say bye bye to a few people. And I, I think Gene's got to be, I don't know. He's hitting 332. That's great. <laughs> go, go tell the White Sox that. <laughs> Call him up. Hey, Gene Segura is in three thirty two. Don't know if you heard. He lost twenty pounds this summer, so he's he's feeling good. Yeah, he's not drinking Patron anymore. So I I just I I think there's there's a few guys that honestly shouldn't be on this team next year because it's clearly going nowhere. If we're not going to spend the money, why why put us to this purgatory? Why do this to us? Why why keep us just like five or six games below 500 to make us think like, ooh, we got a chance next year. I don't know. I will say this team is, in terms of offense, like one of the probably top three teams suffering from not having a DH. That's true. DH would definitely improve this team. It would make the lineup way more flexible. What worries me though is that's going to be the excuse for not making. Oh, it one thousand percent. Well, we want to see what this team looks like. Without, we don't, listen. We don't want to rush into things we, like we, signing we, a mega star in an off season uh, for for a, a lifelong contract. We built this team with the intention of uh, having a DH this year, and it just got pulled up from underneath of us. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm sure they didn't <laughs> see that coming at all. What do you make of this whole pitcher situation with the uh, quote unquote sticky stuff? There's something something stinky. Um, I, I remember I saw Garrett Cole's response to be like, uh, it was very, uh, I think he got How do a, you come from the Astros, notorious <laughs> for lying, and not have an excuse well, I, The pitchers up. were never on the spot for that. That's the problem. That's he true. Had to, he listened to everyone else, but he never had to like kind of answer for that. Um, he, it seemed like he got coached in that answer because it was very vague and not to fire that coach because that yeah. answer was that was rough. the lights came on and he was a hub <laughs> well, uh, the thing is i never uh i i never well the uh <laughs> um 
there's obviously something happening. It's a weird controversy, though, because, like, every year there's something. One year it's the balls are juiced. This year it's, like, they're putting some kind of resin or something on their hands. See Tyler like, Glasnow's press conference? I did after not. he got hurt. So, Tyler Glasnow pitches for the Tampa Bay Rays, for anybody that doesn't know. He's probably one of my favorite non-Phillies. Um, he got hurt a couple days, like, the day after he pitched against the Nationals, which I think was last week, um, one of his best starts this season, had 11 strikeouts. He uh, he said, like, I felt soreness in places I didn't even know I had muscles because he said his, there. <laughs> his go-to thing was, like, he uses sunscreen and the rosin bag to get a grip on the ball. He's like, I'm not trying to use it for spin rate because I have a pretty damn good spin on the ball already. Like, I don't, I'm just using it to get a grip because – the way that the baseballs are so inconsistent, I need to be able to grip the ball. And he said, start against the Nationals. I went cold turkey, didn't put anything on the ball just because I knew this stuff was out there and I didn't want to get suspended. And he said, because of the way the balls were and the way that they keep them, he had to change his grip during the game. And it was like putting a strain on the muscles in his forearm. And now he has, I think it's a, uh, elbow flexor injury or something like that he's gonna be out until the playoffs and he's like you know the one thing I was trying to do this season win a Cy Young be an all-star now that's all gone to shit because I have to rehab and hopefully be back for the playoffs I think baseball cracking down on this sure you know you got to do what you got to do competitive advantage blah 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 blah. but to do it mid-season yeah is so disgustingly baseball <laughs> it is it's it's always like the it's always closing the barn doors after the horses escape with baseball yeah. and it's just it's somehow always never the right response i you know and obviously like one of the most recent big scandals was the astros thing which they completely mishandled and i think i think fans especially still feel really like embittered by the way that that was resolved and players have spoken about that too because the whole thing now is if you get caught with a substance on the ball you're getting suspended for 10 games and carlos rodon from the white Sox said you're going to suspend guys for 10 games for this but guys who were proven to be cheating got absolutely nothing they got amnesty well because they they told the truth in the end kyle allegedly (laughs) um so yeah it it is frustrating because again mid-season to be and listen my opinion is like, why, why, why stop guys from getting it? Like, sports are all about a competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, think of especially baseball. Think of the the wow. Shout out, what Dork a way Musk. to start. Think of all like the the data that goes especially into baseball for a long time now, but especially now with spin rate, with exit velocity mm-hmm. and exit angle and all the numbers that are just being uh, thrown y- left your, and right. Your Diplo and your Deer Park and your like your FBM score. Like there's a million different stats now. There's a million different ways these guys are broken down. Think of the the dieting. Think of the food, the nutrition. Think of all those things that are, are advantages. So like. Who gives a crap if some mm-hmm. dude wants to rub some like tar on his hand? To, like, who can like? I don't know. Like, steroids is obviously where you're like, that's really the line. yeah. Like, that's like an advantage that is like beyond. I think just like, hey, like I'm getting a better grip mm-hmm. or I, I have a better understanding of how this person bats or throws. Like, I don't know. And if I, you're baseball and you want to prevent this, just make the baseballs consistent. Right. Right, yeah, there's there's also that fix. The pitchers have talked about, like, the baseballs have been inconsistent and different 
for the last five years, every right. single year. And that's what I'm saying. This has been this is not a new story either. Yeah. It's it's just taken, I think, a new conversation and direction. Before it was about hitters and how the and baseballs I think were different. Because it's not during the off season. Right. I think because it's mid season and it's going to change the way guys go through their routines and everything. And B just looked great. <laughs> Love to see it. Um it's causing a whole and now that suspensions are on the table for it and everything. Uh, and speaking of suspensions, <laughs> we can't just have a normal day in baseball. Ryan no, Spader uh, talks a ton about, but he's an MLB analyst. He's always on MLB Network. Wrote a whole bunch of. He wrote a really good book uh, about baseball and everything. He put out a whole thread of alleged cheating scandals <laughs> in baseball. It says everything that I'm about to say was verified by more than one player. I do not mean to burn anyone, and I love baseball. I've just had enough of this bullshit. So the first one is the Royals were the first team with a full analytics and video department close by their dugout doing so in 2015, their world series championship year, how they used it. I don't know. There was even stuff about the Phillies doing something similar and having, there is a former the, uh, Philly named right? in this thread that I, I do has my head scratch. I remember this story about the Phillies and other teams having like lights in mm -hmm. the outfield. Uh, it gets better. Uh, um, I'm sure it does. <laughs> the Yankees had cameras in left, center, and right field, all pointing at the pitcher's glove rather than at the catcher to pick up his grip. Aaron Judge, 2017-2018 home uh, splits, slash 312-447-25. His road splits that year, 256-404-531. Oh, listen, he just loves playing in New York. <laughs> all right. All right. How do you, you not know? love on. that right field porch? Uh, the Dodgers had an It's a real hitter's park, God. Come on. <laughs> The Dodgers had an employee who was caught setting up cameras at Minute Maid Park wearing an MLB polo shirt when he should have been wearing a Dodgers polo during the 2017 World Series. This is the one that I had scratched. Uh, Spader, he's a known Phillies fan. He said, this one hurts me to say, my favorite player ever, quote, Chase Utley was the biggest cheater of all time. All right, you're going to have to show some proof here, Chief. I, see the I need more than just a quote that's anonymous that says Chase Utley was the biggest cheater of all time. I'll kill this guy. I will kill him. <laughs> Me, you, Rob McElhaney, we're, we're going at him. Like Chase Utley will. Have you seen this, the way he looks now? He was at the game the other night. He looks like a sharp lawyer for the mob. I would, the, uh, I would be careful. I don't take Chase Utley slander. <laughs> Neither does Chase Utley. Uh he goes on to say, as insane as this sounds, I've heard this from multiple players. Adrian Beltre had a buddy with binoculars in dead center who would wave a t-shirt if he was getting something off speed in 2017. His 2017 home splits, 362, 445, 86. His away splits, 271, 333, 489. So someone just got to go back and look. Yeah. Because they did There's this all cameras. for the Astros thing, too. People went back and watched the games and would listen for the, the bang. So that seems like you could be able to verify that at least a little bit. But uh, He says, everything Kratzy already said about the Rockies, dot, dot, dot. Not exactly sure what that is. Uh, he said the Astros signed The Rockies stealing. are cheating? That's Could news to me. me. That's news to the Rockies, and I mean, I the Phillies <laughs> cheating during this span is news to me. Because oh, my God. And be with a block. <laughs> Sorry. And oh, uh oh, Tavares, uh, please, for the love of God, oh, I still love you. Uh, he says the Astro sign stealing method all came from Carlos Beltran, New York, and Texas. Uh, so deep than we thought. 
The Diamondbacks used humidor balls when pitching and non-humidor balls when batting at home. I don't have the time frame on this, but I'm confident it happened. And then the final tweet is from a player who asked to remain nameless. Quote, don't forget the Twins at the Metrodome would open right field doors creating suction when Twins batted then close them when opponents hit. Theater can simply be defined as someone performing something for someone else. Theater also refers to the space designated for said performance. The term theater can also describe the process in which live performances are created. Acting, directing, producing, designing, all fall under this umbrella of theater. But to a kid in high school, theater can mean so much more. Join us as we draw back the curtain and reveal what I like to call the magic behind the magic. This is Curtain Talk. It just seems like everyone's cheating, so let's just continue on with our day. It's it, like you said, it's competitive advantage. I don't know what the fix is either because all of it's that all... seems more than just like a guy took steroids. Like that right. is like ingrained in the culture of organizations, and you're talking about like random people or front office people or, or people on the payroll for the team taking a lot of these actions. Like, how do you? reform that <laughs> how do you, you can't right i don't know what the fix is i mean like alex not... cora got caught cheating with the red sox suspended for a year and now he's the manager again right but and that's the thing too is like yeah with the deshaun watson thing right there's this this whole idea that you can do terrible things and do whatever either to other human beings or things against the spirit of the game but if you have enough talent or if someone sees enough value in you then guess what you still have a job you may exactly. you may have to sit out for a year or six months or six games, but once you're done, if you still have something that can be of value to someone, they'll take it's Kareem Hunt, right? Yeah. Chiefs Chiefs by all accounts did what everyone's always begging teams to do, which is cut him. Don't don't have him on your team. And the Browns are like, all right, <laughs> we'll take him. Yep. It, you know, and not that there's a a middle ground between what Kareem Hunt did was wrong. What Deshaun Watson has, has allegedly done is horrific mm -hmm. i mean bordering on like allegedly uh, yeah alleged what he has allegedly done is like insanity so they're not the same type of thing but you know at the end of the day like there's these people that end up and it's the same thing with baseball where you have guys that cheat that now whether it's a hall of fame discussion whether it's a suspension discussion should this guy be able to be back in the league how do we how do we even view like the legacy of some of these guys mm -hmm. now it'll be this i think it'll be the same questions for like eternity because it's just how do you with stories like that that are constantly coming up and i think the astro stuff is really like re-brought so much to the surface about like the integrity of the game and i i, I just don't know how you clear that up i don't know how you get fans to buy in if those stories are constantly circulating and i don't know what the fix is Besides cleaning it up, which I don't know how you do, because teams are always going to want to do the best, the 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 best stuff, whatever it is, whatever can give them that slight edge. Mm -hmm. 
Even if even if it may not actually work, <laughs> even if they They're think gonna it'll, they they will try it a hundred percent, hundred percent. It is. Uh, I mean, who knows if any of this is true? It's just right. a tweet thread. I mean, Ryan Spader is very credible in the world of baseball, so we'll see what happens. Not but the type of person just he's not uh, at A's fan seven two four right. six. You know, which might actually be more believable when you he's consider not all the like burners we've had at but. trout season. <laughs> right. Uh, hey, it is trout season. <laughs> very true. He uh, he also like the first tweet of the thread is I've had enough. I think I'm coming out with everything tomorrow. Dot dot dot. Gonna sleep on it and then followed up with the the first thing saying everything that I'm about to say was verified by more than one player. Yada yada yada. Um, Okay, so I saw a comment about the uh, later one. Is, this is the comment. I heard there was a man cultivating mass in center field who was sending some very suspicious signals to Utley. There's video of them sending private letters back and forth that may be worth looking into. <laughs> um, also, did you it see- is strange, though, that like he just says Chase Utley was the biggest cheater. Yeah, there's, like, like there's no, no context. Like, okay, like how? In what way? Like, are we talking steroids are we talking performance enhancing drugs are we talking strategies are we talking you know because if you're gonna level that kind of stuff you gotta granted at that time chase utley was with the dodgers so it was a dodger culture it's that west coast i'm telling you something bad happens on the west coast all that in and out all the smog there's something about it hollywood hollywood the 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 hollywood liberal elites (laughs) Uh, so it wasn't when he was with the, the Phillies, allegedly. Um, but yeah, very interesting stuff from Ryan Spader. And, uh, if any MLB pitcher wants to come on the show and talk about this whole sticky stuff situation, more than open to it. Uh, cause we'd love to get that perspective because they have been on a firestorm about it on Twitter. So any MLB pitcher open invite to come on the show and, uh, talk about this whole situation hey, from your perspective we could we could make it anonymous we'll put you like they do in the docks where yeah. we uh we mask your voice and put you in a a nice leather chair uh and you're like darked out <laughs> voice real deep <laughs> well you see uh, i wasn't using a spider tack yes Garrett Cole, saw, though yes totally was. i saw aaron judge take a pill up his butt <laughs> i did see that it's always the yanks he said it was ibuprofen but <laughs> always the yankees um, I think that's all we got for you guys. We're going to go and uh, watch the rest of the Sixers game as they're up 21-13 to 13 with 634 left in the first quarter. But be sure to follow us on social media at UndergroundPHI to keep up to date with everything we're doing on Twitter and on Instagram. Also, Twitter verified, we need to talk. Why are we denying us verification badge? Feels very rude, actually. Feels like a slap in the face. Just want to talk to at verified for a second. Um. But Twitter and Instagram at UndergroundPHI. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. And uh, make sure you check out the website, UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com. Don't want to confirm or deny that that's where Ben Simmons' DM sending will take place. Oh and it'll be in the form God. of a newsletter. Um, but UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com is all the written content. And, oh, of yeah. course, <laughs> he's playing like a man who had a load released. That's all I'll say. <laughs> like he got something off his shoulders. <laughs> Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews how you feel about this Sixers series, hopefully ending in six, uh, the Phillies out west, and what you want to see them do. Uh, as we always say, what do you want to see them do to fix this team? Oh, my God. He just murdered Furkan. That was assault. Get him out. That's absurd. I've seen enough. <laughs> I've seen enough. John Bring Collins, in the dancing you're, lobsters. you're wanted for aggravated assault. <laughs>
Uh, you can also check us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. And uh, be sure to follow all of our uh, podcasts on the network because a ton of content is coming out over the next couple of weeks. And, uh, of course, thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center at Vineland. Of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades doing the damn thing. Summertime is here. Go to TomahawkShades.com. And when you go to check out, when you get that cart all filled up, use our promo code USP to get 25% off your order and free domestic shipping on all orders, no matter what the price is, uh, at TomahawkShades.com. Our friends at Stateside Vodka, go get the vodka sodas. Celebrate the summer of Stateside the right way. And... Uh, do it with our friends at Stateside Vodka. They're doing the damn thing. Must be 21 or older to purchase. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And go to KenwoodBeer.com. Get the limited edition Sixers Kenwood shirts for the playoffs. And uh, use the Kenny tracker at KenwoodBeer.com to uh, see where Kenwood is on tap so you can enjoy an ice-cold Kenny during the Sixers playoffs. And just like our friends at Stateside, you must be 21 or older to enjoy an ice-cold Kenny. And please drink responsibly. Final thought. Uh, my final the... thought is whoever's listening to this tomorrow will know definitively, but this feels like the Furricane game because we love to see it. Hustle, effort, flow, all of it. This is for the real listeners. How's the Dominican? Uh, it was beautiful. It was a fantastic. I've never done all-inclusive. Uh, so just getting to walk up somewhere and just be like, I would like this, please. And then they just <laughs> give it to you. And then you just walk away. And then you eat or drink whatever it was. It was amazing. It was a blast. Uh, it was obviously my brother's wedding, which was fantastic. They were supposed to have it last year. Obviously didn't. So it was nice to finally get to to make it. Make it to partly sunny Dominican. But yeah, it was it was an absolute blast. Uh, definitely a trip that ended too soon. But it was great. We got to play the... Um, it's a funny story, actually. So the Wi-Fi, not great. Uh, we had no way of watching the Sixers game. Uh, but we were able to check the score at least. It was the night of my brother's wedding was the game three. Mm-hmm. And uh, we saw they were up 20. And we were like, all right, we're going to play the We're going to play the song. We're going to play the song. And then we said, if they lose, we'll delete the video. And it never <laughs> happened. Uh, so thankfully, we got to keep the video uh, because they ended up winning, of course. But yeah, it was a blast. And we got to definitely convert some people to Sixers fans because they had obviously never heard the song. Um and it was fun letting people in on that. And everyone loved it, too. People that had never heard of it started immediately jumping in it because it's awesome. It's a great song. So It's an yeah, absolute it was, vibe. It was a blast. Uh, DR Matt was on display. DR Matt was certainly on display. He had <laughs> DR Matt is definitely a different person. He had a, he had a, he had a time. Uh, so shout out to the real ones. <laughs> the all-inclusive drinks were very kind <laughs> to, to, to DR Matt. All, it's like the handshake meme. All inclusive. Yeah, I, I did. I did scare Matt. some people at the pool as well because um, uh, they played Dreams and Nightmares, mm-hmm. and uh, there were some people that had never heard Meek Mill in their life, <laughs> and here me and my brother are like screaming it as we're like floating in the pool, um, and then they played it again the when we got back from the wedding at like one of the clubs, and uh, you know people knew. People knew that we we certainly respected Dreams and Nightmares. The Dominican Republic now knows who Meek Mill is. They, they, yes. <laughs> if yes. they didn't know, the one DJ certainly got interested because he was playing like a mix uh-huh. and it was like sampled, and, and the entire crowd was like, "Play it back, play it, go back." <laughs> and he did. Credit to him. He That's went back. Awesome. He he listened to the people. 
Although he did kick everyone on the stage when Swag Surf came on. I guess you can't surf on the stage, which <laughs> Just is fair. Only swag, no surfing. Only, yeah, which is, I think, a reasonable. It was it was one in the morning <laughs> that maybe swag surfing was not the best idea. Uh, so shout out to uh, President Pump, Mr. Ziggy Stardust. Yes. Uh, on the wedding, finally happening. And uh, we will catch you guys later this week with another episode of the show. And we'll be back live on Wednesday, hopefully talking about a Sixers and Six victory. Uh because we all know our mental health needs it. So this has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 336. For Matt, I'm KB. We will catch you guys next time. Go Sixers. Raise the cat. And uh, we are signing off. Peace. Peace.